turn to Luke chapter 24, uh, verse 1 through 12 is what the, the key scriptures are that we're going to read. I'm just going to have you stand for two verses, and then I'll go back and, and read all of that. We're going to stand for uh, Luke chapter 24, verse uh, 2 and 3, verses 2 and 3, and then I'll let you be seated. We'll have prayer, and, and I'll read the rest. Verse 2 says, They found that the stone had been rolled away from the entrance, so they went in, but they didn't find the body of the Lord Jesus. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your sweet presence. We thank you for the goodness of, of your mercy and love, your grace toward us. We thank you, God, that you are, you're here. You've told us you would be. We know that you are. Lord, we have experienced your, your, your closeness in, this, in this, this service already, and we pray, God, that you would even uh, come nearer, Lord, scoot near in, in beside us, just scoot in the seat beside every person that's here. Lord, let me feel you walking this, this floor with me as I'm moving back and forth as I often do. And God, I just pray that we would experience your blessing, your favor, your realness, your nearness, your, your living presence. And we thank you, God, that we can celebrate this day together and celebrate the, the fact that you are a risen Savior. We give you praise, we honor you, we magnify you, and it's in the name of Jesus we pray. You may be seated. I'm going to uh, I'm going to read that whole passage from Luke chapter uh, 24, verse 1 through 12, I think. Yeah, 12. Early on Sunday morning, I'm reading from the New Living Translation this morning. Early on Sunday morning, the women went to the tomb, taking spices that they had prepared. They found that the stone had been rolled away from the entrance. So they went in, but they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. As they stood there, puzzled, two men suddenly appeared to them, clothed with dazzling robes. The women were terrified and bowed their faces to the ground. The men asked, why are you looking for the living among the dead? Or why are you looking among the dead for someone who is alive? He isn't here. He is risen from the dead. Remember what he told you back in Galilee, that the Son of Man must be betrayed into the hands of sinful men and crucified, and that he would rise again on the third day. And they remembered that he had said this. So they rushed back from the tomb to tell his 11 disciples and everyone else what had happened. It was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, the mother of James, and several other women who told the apostles what had happened. But the story sounded like nonsense to them, so they did not believe. However, Peter jumped up and ran to the tomb to look. Stooping, he peered in and saw the empty linen wrappings. Then he went home again, wondering what had happened. Father, we thank you for your word. Pray that you would bless and anoint me, Lord, as I bring forth what you have given me this morning. And I pray that every ear would be able to hear what you have purposed for us to hear this morning. Lord, let us all catch the, the mercy, the wonderful grace that we can hear in this story. And God, may you be glorified. And we ask that in Jesus' name. Amen. This morning I want to preach to you a message called Empty Tombs. How many of you know that um, through, throughout, throughout the stories in the Bible, there are, there are more than just this one tomb that, that was emptied. Anybody know that? There, there's a few of you that know that. There were a couple. I'm going to point out just a few that uh, just give you a couple examples. We know that the first one, actually at least, that I can find where, where we see, now there are lots of instances where someone was raised from the dead throughout the scriptures, but there, there were only 
a couple other places that tombs were empty. And I want to point these two out because I, I think that it's significant, and we'll see why in just a little bit. Uh, 2 Kings chapter 13, verse 21 gives us an example of a man whose corpse was being thrown into a tomb because there were, there were uh, some, some raiders coming. And so they, they got fearful. They, they were carrying the body of a dead man. They threw his body into the tomb, and they ran off. The thing is that the man's dead body landed on the bones of Elisha. When the dead man's bones landed on the body of Elisha, the, the, when the dead man's body landed on the bones of Elisha, the dead man came back to life. And the Word of God says he stood upon his feet. Now, I, I can't imagine what he must have been thinking when he woke up in the tomb all alone with a bunch of bones. How did I get here? But this, this, is, one, this is the first story that I can find of someone that was coming out of the tomb. The next story that I, that I find, that, that at least the one that I want to share with you, is Jesus standing at the graveside of Lazarus. Lazarus is dead. He's been dead already for four days. His sisters are a little bit upset with Jesus because it took him so long to get there. And, and they, they, look at, they look at Jesus and, say, and Jesus is, he tells them to open the tomb. And they say, Lord, it's been four days. By now he stinketh. By now he stinks. His, his body is already decaying. Jesus told him to open the tomb. I want to point out this too, and I'm not going to spend too long here, but Jesus specifically spoke to Lazarus in that cemetery because if he had just said, come forth, I believe the authority, the power through the voice of Jesus Christ, his speaking would have caused every person in that cemetery to rise up. Perhaps every person in the whole world would have come back to life. But Jesus spoke specifically to Lazarus, and he said, Lazarus, come forth. And the word of God tells us that he came out bound, and they, he, Jesus said, set him free. Now, in these two stories, plus all the other stories where Jesus stopped a funeral procession, where uh, prophets of old, one laid his body upon the body of a child and breathed into his, his mouth. All of these things are examples of the power of God to raise the dead. These are the examples of the power of God for resurrection. But in all of those examples, every person who had ever been raised from the dead, every person who had come forth from a tomb, it was only temporary. They had come forth for a little while, but they, they, they still were in a corruptible body. They still were in a body that had to die. They still were in a body that had no eternal future in that. They had no life within themselves. So again, at some point, they ceased to live. I want us to understand that the story of Jesus, though, is different. And that's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about the good news that comes from the story of Jesus being different. When we look at this, the Word of God tells us even that in Romans chapter 5, verse 14, it tells us that death had reigned from Adam to Moses. Death had always reigned. Death had, had overcome every person who, who had lived on this life. Didn't matter if you were rich. Didn't matter if you were poor. Didn't matter if you were of one race or the other. It didn't matter. We're all just alike. We all succumb to death. We all still succumb to death. But until this point, until Jesus, everyone who died stayed dead unless Jesus or the power of God came by that way. And still, they were in a corruptible body and was was at some point laid back in the tomb. But Jesus changed everything when he, of his own accord, opened the tomb. This is the beginning today of at least a three-part series. I just want to throw this in here before I really go on into this message. Today I'm talking about the empty tomb. 
next week, Lord willing, we'll be talking about running on empty. In that message, we'll talk about empty hearts, empty hope, and speaking empty words. Those things are are so prevalent, even within the body of Christ today. We're running on empty. I want to see. I want to see us filled up with the power of God. And I, I want you to know that you don't have to continually run on empty. There is hope. There's peace. There's power. There's victory. And then in two weeks, we'll be talking about empty vessels, emptying ourselves of ourself so that we might be filled up with God. And those things are coming in the next few weeks. When we're talking about Jesus emptying the tomb, there are lots of things that we need to consider. As I said, this was different. Jesus was alive again after he'd been dead. He had, in this case, he had taken his own life up again. He, in, in all the other cases... Somebody had come by with the power of God inside them and they had raised up someone who was dead. But in this case, Jesus, of his own accord, took his life up again and he even said that the Father had given that to him, the Father had given him that authority that he might lay his life down or he might take it up at his will. We see that Jesus conquered death not only as those people had seen death beaten in a battle, Short term, Jesus conquered death and, and, and he won the war, so to speak. When Jesus conquered death, it was once and for all who believe on him. Jesus conquered death. He didn't conquer death for a few moments or a few days and then go back into the grave. Jesus conquered death, and I've already told you about Revelation saying that he said, I am he who was dead, but I am alive forevermore. He conquered death for once and for all. Who will believe on him. For all who believe on him. Jesus, when he arose, he was given a he was given a mortal, an immortal body, rather than this, this carnal corruptible body. He got an immortal, incorruptible body. And others who had been raised before had still been raised back into that same body of death. This is good news for all of us who believe on Jesus Christ. And I'm going to get a little bit ahead of myself. But the Word of God tells us that we'll be raised up like Him to incorruptible bodies. How many of you want a brand new body that don't grow old? Brand new body that doesn't die. A new body that doesn't age. A new body that doesn't feel pains. A new body that doesn't, that doesn't give out on you or get fat or get old or get ugly or any of those things. A brand new body that will one day be able to take, withstand the presence of the Most High God. This body can't handle all that there is in God. But that body will be able to. Speaking of getting old and fat and ugly, I apologize for you having to look at me this morning. <laughs> I told Tracy, I, I'm just, this is who I am, and I just, I'm just me when I preach. I told Tracy, I said, I don't want to look like a middle-aged, middle-class, fat, old preacher. But when I look in myself, look at myself in the mirror, that's what I see. I don't like what I look like. So I don't know what I'm going to do about it. I might shave my head. That would probably make it worse. I might try to lose weight. I can't hardly stand the thoughts of that. I don't know what I'm going to do, but I don't like the way I look. Just even, even months ago, I can see a difference from just months ago in pictures. So I, I ask you this morning, just look past this old shell because guess what? I get a brand new body. Okay. 
Back on track. Back to our text. Verse 2 says, They found the stone that had been rolled away from the entrance, so they went in, but they didn't find the body of Jesus. The women that had, that had come to take care of the body of Jesus, they had brought spices. They had brought the ointments to, to place on the body of Jesus, to, to uh, preserve the body, to care for the body, to change the smell so it wouldn't be so repulsive. Uh, all these things. They came there with this purpose, but what they found was a, a tomb that was empty. Jesus' body wasn't there. Verse 4 tells us of two men who appear, men, quote unquote, who appear in the New Living Translation, says in dazzling robes. I told Tracy last night, that's a little bit of a funny way to say it, dazzling robes. Sounds like they've got glitter all over them. It sounds like sparkles, bedazzled, whatever. But I I want us to understand what what the Word is telling us here is this is not just normal men who have showed up all of a sudden come through the door or whatever. These are angels. These dazzling robes that they're seeing are the glory of God. This is, this is not just some dazzling robe that somebody's put some time into making it look impressive. This is the power of God that's resting upon two angelic beings. They see this. This is not literal men. They see this. The women see this. Verse 6 tells us that they say to the women, He isn't here. He is not here. He is risen from the dead. Now, when we consider this statement, this statement is pivotal when it comes to understanding the difference in Christianity and the rest of the world's religions. This statement is of utmost importance. It's so important, this statement and, and the truth that it carries is so important that it actually carries all of the weight of the gospel within it, really. They said, He is not here. He has risen from the dead. This statement carries the truth of the gospel. On this statement and what it carries, what the the truth that it carries hangs all of the reliability, the trustworthiness, the, the fidelity of the gospel of Jesus Christ. If Jesus' tomb wasn't empty and he wasn't victorious over death, then we have no hope of salvation. If Jesus' tomb wasn't emptied, If he hadn't overcome the clutches of death, then Christianity is no different than Islam, for example, whose founder is still laid in a tomb, who's still buried in his grave. If Jesus didn't rise from the grave, then we not only have no hope of resurrection, not only have we uh, the same type religion as all the rest of the world, but there is no hope for us to have relationship with God and there's no hope of eternal joy, peace, happiness. As a matter of fact, we have no reason to live. No reason for being. Verse 11 says that the story sounded like nonsense. I'll come back to that, what we just talked about. But the story sounded like nonsense to them, speaking of the men. The women ran. They told the men, the disciples, the apostles, they ran and they told them about the story that they had just witnessed for themselves. We arrived there. There was The stone was rolled away. We looked inside. There was no one inside. We went in and suddenly there were two men who appeared to us in dazzling robes. And as we stood there, they said to us, He's not here. He is risen. They told this to the, to the disciples. 
disciples. They told this to the apostles. And the, the apostles said, basically, this is, this is nonsense. This is too far, far-fetched. This is too much to believe. The story sounded non, like nonsense to them, so they didn't believe it. The, the Bible tells us that Peter, Cephas, ran on and, and he did go look. And he got there and he saw, we, we read it, he got there and he saw the empty garments laying there in the tomb. And he left and he went back home and he pondered these things. He wondered about what had happened. I want us to consider this in verse 11 for just a minute. It's really amazing to me to see the integrity of the Word of God. Verse 11 says, and I'm reading from the New Living Translation, Verse 11 says, But the story sounded like nonsense to them, so they didn't believe it. This is absolutely amazing. The Word of God doesn't avoid the difficulty of the story of Jesus' resurrection. He did, the, the Word didn't avoid the difficulty that it might present to those who hear. I want you to understand, if we're trying to, if we're trying to defend something, we, we try to diminish the the things that seem to be questions. We try to diminish those questions and we try to build up the, the facts that we know. We try to diminish, but the Word of God doesn't try to diminish the questions that the apostles were, were dealing with. As a matter of fact, the Word of God here spells it out in black and white. They said this is just a little bit too amazing for us to believe. And they, they didn't believe it. I love that. I love that about the Word of God. It's unapologetic in the truth that it gives us, and yet it's sympathetic to the unbeliever or the would-be believer who might be struggling with faith. I share that with you this morning because I want you to understand it's not an easy thing to believe that someone raised up from the dead of their own accord. If you're here this morning and you're struggling with the fact that Jesus has overcome death, I understand why you're struggling with that. And so did the apostles of Jesus Christ. So did the disciples. So did the women. So did everyone who came in contact with this story. It is a, it's a terribly hard to believe, far-fetched thing if you look at it in the natural. But the Word of God tells us that faith comes by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. Jesus being the Word of God can bring the faith into your life. I want you to know that these disciples might have had questions But Jesus didn't leave them in their questions In their doubt or in their unbelief He came to them He revealed himself to them And he will do the same thing for you He wants you to know He is alive Amen Truth has nothing to fear Amen the Bible doesn't try to hide the doubts of the apostles. God understands the difficulty that we might have in believing His truth. But He doesn't cower from telling it all as He is. And as Christians, we need to be the same way. Amen? His Word boldly declares the first carriers of the faith had doubts. But they sought the truth. And the Word of God tells us in Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 13, and I quoted a whole lot, that if we seek Him with all our heart, we will find Him. The 
The Lord wants to reveal Himself to you. He doesn't want you to doubt. He wants you to know. And there are questions that may come into your mind and it's okay to question things. But I want you to know that God is true. The Word says, let God be true and every man a liar. God wants to reveal to you Himself. He will if we'll allow Him, if we'll seek Him. I want to turn to 1 Corinthians. You can turn there with me or you cannot. It's up to you. But 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 16 through 23, still talking about what we've just talked about. They had a hard time dealing with it. They, they were struggling to believe. We said that the statement that the angels made carries the whole fidelity of the gospel. If the tomb wasn't empty, then Jesus didn't have victory over death. And if Jesus had no victory over death, then we have no hope. And if we look at 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 16 through 23, it echoes that statement. And verse 16 says, And if there is no resurrection of the dead, then Christ has not been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, then your faith is useless and you are still guilty of your sins. In that case, all who have died believing in Christ are lost. And if our hope is in Christ only for this life, we are to be more pitied than anyone in the world. But in fact, listen to this, in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead. He is the first of a great harvest of all who have died. I want you to understand, Christ has been raised from the dead. The tomb was empty. The good news is that this was the beginning of many empty tombs. We've seen bits and pieces here and the people all died again except Jesus. And now something's changed. He took up on his own life. He, he took it back up and he put on immortality. And the word tells us here in verse 20, in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead. He is the first of a great harvest of all who have died. Verse 21 says, So you see, just as death came into the world through a man, now resurrection from the dead has begun, has begun through another man. Just as everyone dies because we all belong to Adam or we're all the sons and daughters of Adam, everyone who belongs in Christ will be given new life. But there is an order of this resurrection. Christ was raised as the first of the harvest. Then all who belong to Christ will be raised when he comes back. You can shout right there. Hallelujah. All who belong to Christ shall be raised when he comes back. The truth is, Jesus has risen. 1 Corinthians, same chapter, but a few verses before all that, 4 through 8, tells us that the apostles witnessed Jesus Christ alive, and it began with Peter, and it continued even all the way until Paul, who, was, who said he was a man born out of time, much later, continued all the way through Paul. And the word goes on to tell us right there that even more than 5,000 or 500, I had a problem last week saying 5,000 and I kept saying 500. Now I'm going the other way. Y'all have to forgive me. Last week there were 5,000 men and Jesus fed them with five loaves of bread. This, there are 500 people who witnessed Jesus Christ alive after his death, after he was buried, after he was placed in the tomb, after the resurrection, they witnessed him alive. So the word tells us that 
many saw him. I, I told you already, I said this, I said if Jesus' tomb wasn't empty, then we had no victory over death. If Jesus hadn't overcome the clutches of death, then Christianity is no different than Islam. If Jesus didn't raise from the grave, then we have no hope. And, and our religion is just that, it's religion. I want you to understand that Jesus' tomb was emptied and he is victorious over death, hell, and the grave. And through him we have the, the hope of eternal life. I want you to understand that Jesus has overcome the clutches of death. And Christianity is far different than Islam or any other religion because our founder is not laying in a tomb somewhere. He's alive and he's seated at the throne on the right hand of the Father. Hallelujah. Jesus did rise from the grave. And Christianity is not just another religion. What Christianity really is is relationship with God. I've said it this way before. Religion is man's attempt to reach God. But Christianity is God's attempt to reach mankind. And this morning you can have relationship with Jesus Christ. And you can have eternal life. And one day that tomb that was the beginning, that was the seed, that was the first fruits of the, the eternal life or of a re resurrection can just be the beginning because it is in you if you are a follower of Jesus Christ. And the eternal life of Jesus Christ will rise up in us and we cannot stay dead if we know Jesus Christ life is in us hallelujah first Corinthians chapter 15 still down around verse 50 through 57 what I'm saying dear brothers and sisters is that our physical bodies these carnal natural physical bodies cannot inherit the kingdom of God. These dying bodies cannot inherit what will last forever. But let me reveal to you a wonderful secret. The King James Version says, let me show you a mystery. Let me reveal to you a wonderful secret. We will not all die, but we will be transformed. We will be changed. Hallelujah. In the moment, in the blink of an eye or in the twinkling of an eye, when the last trump is blown, for when the trumpet sounds, those who have died will be raised to live forever. 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 Remember what happened when people were raised before? They only lived for a little short time because they were raised into a corruptible body. We will be raised into immortality. And those who will be raised, those who hear the trumpet sound in that last day and are raised up from their grave, they will live forever according to the word of God. Hallelujah. And we who are living, we who are alive and remain shall be changed or shall be transformed for our dying bodies must be transformed into bodies that will never die. Our mortal bodies must be transformed into immortal, in, in, immortality or immortal bodies. Then when our dying bodies have been transformed into bodies that will never die, the scripture is fulfilled. Death is swallowed up in victory. Oh, death, where is your victory? Oh, death, where is your sting? Hallelujah. I'm feeling a whole lot better than you are this morning. Then when our dying bodies have been transformed into bodies that will never die, the scripture will be fulfilled. Death, where is your victory? Grave or death, where is your sting? For sin is the sting that results in death, and the law gives sin its power. I told you this morning already that old covenant 
pointed to our need for a Savior. None of us measure up to it. We all fall short. You know, in that old covenant, they couldn't wear two different types of materials together. That means probably most of us in this place would have been considered heathens, sinners. You might have on cotton and rayon. used to be polyester. Now they rayon is a big thing. You might have on cotton and hopefully not wool. You're burning up if you have on wool. But that was part of the law. That's how strict it was. And I want you to understand that the law that we were, that we were supposed to, to live by, sin gave it its power. That's what the Word says. Sin gave it its power. Sin held that law over us. And what really the intent of that law was to do was to point us to the need of a Savior. We cannot be good enough for God. But there was one man who was sinless. The reason he could... I've said this before, but I've got to say it again since it's Easter Sunday. The reason he could be sinless was because he was God. And the reason he qualified to take the punishment for all of mankind is because he was man. He was fully God. He was fully man. He had the ability to overcome sin. And he had the ability to die in your place because he was a human, he was a man, but he hadn't sinned. So our sins were placed on Jesus Christ. And he took them to Calvary. And he died for them. And he finished the work of the first covenant. And he gave us a new and better covenant. Now all of us who believe on Jesus Christ as our Savior, as our Lord, as our way to God, if we will believe on Him and we will allow Him to come and, and, and just consume our lives, if we'll repent of that old person that we were and turn our hearts toward Him, the Word of God tells us that we will be made into new creatures. Old things are passed away. All things become new. I want you to understand, and this was not even a part of my thinking when I put this message together, but that old man that was dead, born dead, stillborn spiritually, that old man is like a tomb and it houses you and it holds you. But I'm here to tell you that there is a newness of life that can come into you with Jesus Christ. And the newness that he gives will bring you out of that tomb and make a brand new creature out of you. Hallelujah. Praise you, Lord. John chapter 5, verse 28 said, Don't be surprised. Don't be so surprised. Indeed, the time is coming when all the dead in their graves will hear the voice of the Son of God and they will rise again. Those who have done good will rise to experience eternal life and those who have counted and have continued in evil will rise to experience judgment. When this says have done good, this doesn't mean that our works is what's going to save us. It means that we have believed on the only one. The word says that Jesus is the only one who is good. We have believed on him and we have allowed him to change our lives. I want you to listen just for a few minutes and I'm coming to a close. And Brother Bill, if you want to come on to the piano, that'd be great. Thank you. I want you to listen to this. Jesus' cross, the cross Calvary says that God was willing to pay any price for you and the empty tomb says that the cost was easily within his means I'll say that again in case you didn't catch it 
God was willing to pay any price for you. That's what the cross says. God was willing to pay any price for you. And the empty tomb says that the cost was easily within his means. Praise you, Jesus. The cross said that sin must be paid for. There's a curse. It must be paid for. But the empty tomb says that Jesus has already made the payment. Hallelujah. We read from Romans. Death had reigned from Adam to Moses. The cross said that death reigns. But the empty tomb says that Jesus reigns. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Stand to your feet. Stand to your feet with me. Father, we thank you for your sweet spirit in this house this morning. Lord, the the story, even today, is difficult at times for us to comprehend. I can't imagine what it must have been like if I had been Peter and I heard the story from those women and it didn't make sense to me and I ran there and I found the tomb empty and I look in and I wonder what's happened where did he go I can't imagine what that must have been like I can't imagine the questions but God I do know what the questions are like today I do know what it's like to question today around 2,000 years later And all of those 500 witnesses or more who saw Jesus, they've already died and they've been been dead for almost two millennium. I I do know what the questions are like today. Here's what the questions are like and here are the questions that are going through some minds right now in this house. Could it really be true? Could it really be true that someone cared that much for me? Could it really be true that someone had the authority over death? Could it really be true that if I believe on Him that I can have relationship with God? Could it really be true that His empty tomb can mean my empty grave? Could it really be true that there is eternal life? Come on, saints, pray. Could it really be true Could it be true that they laid him there and he really got up after being dead three days later? I understand those questions because I've dealt with those questions. I understand those questions because it's crossed my mind. It's followed me around. It followed me around for a long time. I I dealt with those questions. I dealt with those doubts. And I want you to know that I and you, if you're having those questions, are in good company because so did the disciples, the apostles. But the thing that we so often forget, we think faith is a blind thing. They call it blind faith. Faith is not blind. Faith has eyes to see. Faith has ears to hear. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. And I want you to know that the Lord is not afraid of your doubts. 
He's not afraid of your fears. He is not afraid of the struggle that's going on in your mind. And God is big enough to reveal himself to you. And God is big enough to declare that you are free. And God is big enough to to change your life and make you new. It doesn't matter what sin you've been in. It doesn't matter if it is a sexual sin or if it is a, a moral failure of any other sort. It doesn't matter if you have embezzled money from the place you work. It doesn't matter what your sin is he paid the price for all we were all guilty we were all sinful we were all falling short of the glory of God we all like sheep have gone astray but Jesus Christ paid for my freedom here's the thing the Lord wants to reveal himself to you remember when we started this service Bill talked about Thomas doubting Thomas you know we give Thomas a hard time we call him doubting Thomas we talk badly about him because he was a doubter the word tells us that all the disciples doubted here the word tells us that at the crucifixion they all scattered they all ran they all left they all went away I want you to understand God He's so merciful that He forgives and He restores deserters. He's so merciful that He will reveal His truth even to doubters. And God is so powerful that He can break the bondage of death that's on your life and give you new life in Jesus Christ. Guess what? It's all true. And I am a living witness. Do we have any other witnesses in this house? God has proven himself to you. Lift those hands way up. I want everybody looking around. Everybody looking around. I'm a witness. These are witnesses. (laughs) Death couldn't hold him. And that one empty tomb was the beginning of millions I believe of empty graves and that day is quickly approaching Jesus is coming back he did raise from the dead he's still alive he is He is glorious and he's in his full glory now we didn't see him in his glory they only saw a portion of who he was when he healed the sick and he raised the dead they were seeing a smidgen a little they were scratching the surface of the power that's in him and I'm here to tell you that he wants to change your life and it's no big deal for him to do it just trust him today 